Hello and welcome to the Book Lounge. Today we are talking about The Highly Sensitive Person by Elaine Aaron. Your hosts are myself, Corinne Ritchie. And me, Tom Butler-Bowden. Each week, our main event are the Book Insights episodes. These give you in-depth explorations of the best nonfiction books. But here in the Book Lounge, it's more of an informal chat about the book of the week. Yeah, um, and as the Insights curator, I'll give my take on each book, why I selected it my personal highlights, why I think it's still relevant. But most of the books that we're covering, they, they're written to advance your work or your life in some way, or just make you think on a higher level. Yep, and I will weigh in on the book, update you on the latest news about the book and about the author. So this week for The Highly Sensitive Person, the big idea of this book is exploring this trait, so not a flaw, but a trait, a human trait, which is known as sensory processing sensitivity. So when I heard highly sensitive person, uh, my sort of visceral reaction is like, oh, that's a label you're stamping on somebody of like, oh, there's this thing wrong with you where you're just too sensitive. I think there's like a a negative connotation with calling somebody highly sensitive. So I want to just make sure at the very onset that it's clear this is not a opinion-based sort of thing where you're just like, oh, this person's too sensitive. No, the highly sensitive person is more of a scientific, objective, it's actually a neurological trait that can be seen on an MRI. And it's a sensory processing sensitivity. And it's different than generalized social anxiety. So it's not necessarily people who are shy or people who um, are depressed or just don't want to be around others. It's not agoraphobia. It's not any <laughs> of those things. It's literally <laughs> just these people's brains absorb more stimulus from their environment compared to other people. So that could include being more sensitive to pain, startling easy at loud noises or bright lights. Even it could be a, a visual. So it, you, it could be aversions to images like that are violent or disturbing or mm. uh, just overstimulating in some way, which I find really fascinating. Yeah. And one thing I picked up was that sensory processing sensitivity is hereditary as well. So it's not it's not something you necessarily, you probably don't just pick it up through some traumatic event or childhood. Um, you can literally just inherit it from your parents. Um, and as you said, it's, it's quite distinct from generalized social anxiety. Yeah, that's right. And the book has a few major themes. Um, one is basically diving into the mind of a highly sensitive person. So it's an exploration to really understand how they think, how their brains react, which is different than those who do not have this sensory processing sensitivity. Um, so one of the themes, again, is that exploration part of it. The other is looking at how highly sensitive people relate to the rest of the world, what their relationships look like, you know, what their lives look like, how it's different. And then the other theme that uh, is throughout the book is sort of the different approaches that highly sensitive people can use to sort of manage it and to really have a successful and thriving life as a highly sensitive person. And again, trying to look at it as a trait, not a flaw, but using it as a tool and and figuring out how to you know succeed in the world, even if you're you are more stimulated than other people. Yeah, what's the word? Um, neurodiversity. Mm. Uh, so I think that applies here. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, one of the, the interesting things here 
I wouldn't, I'm not sure it's been a, a fight as such, but Susan Cain, the author of Quiet, you know, about introversion, which we're also covering in, in Book Insights. So Susan Cain said that high sensitivity is within a spectrum of introversion. And, but Elaine Aaron has said, no, ex- there can be extroverted sensitives. Apparently, there are a lot of them. So it warrants a separate classification. So it, it took me a while to get my head around this, that you can be high sensitive and possibly extrovert. It's just that a lot of things, you know, overstimulate you, which yeah. I don't know what you think about that. I found that, I find that a bit hard to understand, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see how for extroverts, it's all about the person-to-person connection. So myself being one of them, I'm definitely that extrovert that's climbing the walls during quarantine. So, um, you know, I'm the one definitely that's wanting so badly to connect with other people. But I'm imagining that if perhaps if I were a highly sensitive person and like lights and sounds and those kind of things overstimulated me, as long as people were not one of them, then I could see how it, it could be possible that, you know, you could still want that human-to-human connection, but just not at the club in a quiet living room, you know? Mm, yeah, so. it's interesting. I mean, the, the book, Elaine Aaron, she's, she's influenced by Carl Jung, who, of course, was a sort of pioneer of the whole introversion-extroversion divide. In my mind, that high sensitivity is, I sort of side with, with Susan Cain that it's just a sort of, bit more extreme version of of introversion that's the way that's the way I, I understand anyway interesting yeah well I mean when I, I looked at the checklist of all these things loud noises deeply moved by arts and music conscientious try hard to avoid mistakes I mean I was just like tick 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 <laughs> I don't know um th- th- there's some some elements of this also made me think of autism as well, mm. some of these high sensitivities. So I, I don't know. I just think it's, it's, it's slightly murky, the dividing lines between, between these things. But as you said at the start, it's just, you know, greater awareness is, is really useful, however you want to classify it. Greater, greater awareness of yourself and your, your sensitivities, etc., can't be a bad thing. Yeah, well, and even for those of us who wouldn't tick off all of the things on the list, so, you know, I looked at that list as well, and I'll share it. Um, so I'll mention that, you know, the Book Insights podcast, we're on social media. So you can check us out on Instagram um, and Twitter and Facebook. I'll put that list on our social media this week so that other people can see the list and take the test yeah. if they want to see if they're a highly sensitive person. Uh, when I looked at the list, I was not ticking off many things. Uh, For me, it was like, nope, 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 nope. That's not me. That's not me. Um, But I found this book really fascinating and good to know because it made me think of other people that I know. And so um, being able to empathize with them and to understand why they may have an aversion to, you know, going places that are loud or that are bright or, you know, there's Mm. certain things where to me, I'm like, I see no issue with this. But others, (laughs) it's a big problem, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is true. It's 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 a way of seeing your partner, friends, family, understanding is the key to it. Um yeah. and and if if your partner doesn't doesn't understand you, like they want to be going out all the time and doing stuff. I mean, there's actually quite a bit in the book about it, I think. 
where she talks about ways that you can get around having, you know, if your your partner's not highly sensitive and you are, how you handle the relationship, different wants, desires, etc. So I found that that side of the book pretty interesting. Yeah, Differences in, in love styles, etc. That's right. You know, it really reminded me, I uh, just last year went to upstate, rural, middle of nowhere, New York to visit my sister where she lives on a couple hundred acres, totally remote from everyone. It's like 20 minutes to the nearest anything. Um, <laughs> and she s- scheduled this birthday party for my niece, for her daughter. And the night before, she was just losing her mind about having to be around a bunch of people at this like kids play place where it was going to be loud and there was going to be kids jumping around everywhere. And she just couldn't handle it. And, you know, as I was reading this this book insight and um, looking at the list, I thought, oh, man, that's exactly what she was talking about, how it's going to be loud. There's going to be too many people. It's going to be, you know, she's going to be overstimulated. And I, at the time, just, you know, couldn't really wrap my brain around it. But as I'm reading, you know, more of Elaine Aaron's words about highly sensitive person, I'm like, oh, this is why she had this (laughs) breakdown the day before the birthday party. So thankfully I stepped in and helped, but yeah, it was, it was rough. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, this is what psychology is for. And that's why we're covering, you know, a lot of trying to cover a lot of bases in psychology, all of this to, to aid understanding. Yeah. Um, just while we're on the, on the relationship thing, one thing I found very interesting in the book is that highly sensitive people are vulnerable to falling in love very easily, mm. like having a big crush on mm. someone. But they, so Elaine Aaron says, well, the antidote to that is it can be pretty dangerous really and disruptive is to just try and get out and meet more people because it you won't be sort of blown away by sort of seemingly average people. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> Which makes sense. If you, if, you only, if you only come in contact with a few people a year, then, yeah, the chances are higher. So she's got, she's got quite a lot of good tips in there in the book that I quite liked. Yeah, that's interesting. I I found um, really insightful the parts where she's talking about the science of it. I I just really geeked out over those. Like they were talking about how um, Harvard University psychologist Jerome Kagan tested children's like bodily fluids, saliva, urine, and in those that they think are highly sensitive, he could literally see higher levels of norepinephrine, which is a hormone that jumps into action whenever the body is stimulated. So it could be any of those things we talked about about sounds and lights and everything. So Mm. to me, it's just, I found that really fascinating that again, it's not just a arbitrary label of we think this person's highly sensitive. It's like, no, we can measure it in numerous different ways. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you sort of wonder why it developed in evolutionary terms. I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, running away from animals and stuff and Mm being scared of, of things in the night and loud noises. I guess that's where it comes from. Yeah. But why, But you know, it, it's, it made me think of when you see like a, a group of birds or, or cattle, there's one that sort of that's on the lookout, you know, for danger. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe I thought, oh, maybe that's one reason why some people are a lot more sensitive than others, that they sort of, there's this evolutionary trait that evolved so that some people are just more on the lookout for danger than others. Yeah, it's true. Um, Forbes had a article recently, just this year, that says why, uh, the, the title of it is Why Highly Sensitive People Make the Best Leaders, According to a Psychologist. Ah. And so just like you said, there is some kind of value in 
in that sensitivity. Um, so, and, and it's still around today for some kind of reason. So evolutionarily speaking, there must be some value to those, um, you know, those traits. Um, that one of the quotes from the book says, highly sensitive people tend to fill that advisor role. Uh, they're the writers, historians, philosophers, judges, mm -hmm. artists, researchers, theologians, and like there's this long list of um, uh, of different sort of roles that highly sensitive people will thrive in specifically mm -hmm. because of this trait of of noticing, you know, these types of different stimulus. Yeah, right. Interesting. And so, yeah, with, you mentioned quarantine before. I just wonder how a lot of people who, who are HSPs ha have fared in this time, um, whether it's sort of being, you know, paradise for them because <laughs> right. most people have had a lot less stimulation than normal. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's the case, um, you know, I, I introverts I know have been actually pretty happy in quarantine if, if nothing as bad has happened to them. Right. Because um, this is how they'd like to live normally. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Mm. Yeah, Psychology Today had an article uh, called The Highly Sensitive Person in Quarantine. Um, so you can check out that article that talks all about sort of the, the haven that it is right now for, for HSPs who are now not at risk of being overstimulated all the time since they're at home more, it's quiet more, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so how did you think as a of the book um, as a read, Corinne? I love this book. I I found this really interesting. Um, I'm going to give this a full five out of five bookmarks. This this is right up my alley of um, fascinating science, fascinating psychology, also super applicable, immediately useful as I'm trying to be empathetic towards others. I, I find this really valuable for work, for life. I, I think this is a five out of five for me. Mm, wow. Yeah, I certainly enjoyed it. I mean, I was already into like uh, Jungian psychology mm. and introversion and so on. So uh, so this this for me this book was sort of like another another brick in, in the wall really of of how to understand and, and approach all these areas and that that checklist yeah I do recommend it for people because um, I, I found that highly interesting and yeah, putting it taking the checklist and then putting it into the sort of um, intellectual scientific framework that that Elaine Aaron provides. Um, I think for a lot of people, this book has been quite liberating. I, I've, I know a couple of people who've, you know, it's become their sort of bible. So yeah, I mean, as a as a read, I, I'd give it a, a four as well. Um, uh, if you're into psychology at all, it's it's definitely worth a read. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just a reminder that you can check out that full um, highly sensitive person checklist on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Book Insights Pod. So same handle across all three at Book Insights Pod. So I hope you'll you'll check out that list and see what you think about the um, highly sensitive person checklist. Yeah, and uh, in our in our show notes, um, do check out the, the Book Insights website. We can get access to all the uh, insights 24-7. You don't have to wait week to week. But if you are listening, whatever whatever platform you're listening on, uh, whether it's uh, Spotify or Anchor, YouTube, do make sure that you click yes for notifications. So you, you'll get the heads up for what we're 
doing each week in terms of the next book. That's right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Book Lounge. Hope you enjoyed learning about the highly sensitive person and be sure to listen to the full book insight for the deep dive um, all about the book. Yeah, there's a lot more information than we've covered here. Uh, we cover the four main themes uh, in the book uh, in, in more depth. So do make sure you listen to that as a compliment to the Book Lounge. Thank you very much and uh, join us next week. That's right. Thanks.